Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. First and foremost, we are now into, you know, what would we would call, what, the, the last quarter of the season? Normally, there's only four games. Now, with 17, there's five. But um, if the Eagles are taking care of business, there's probably, like, four playable games left. Because um, if they could just win, they're going to clinch home field in game 17 will obviously not be of real importance. And, you know, the funny thing about Game 17 is it's against the team we're playing this week. And that's the New York Giants. So, obviously the Giants are, I don't want to say struggling. They're not struggling. They're just not playing as good as they were earlier this season. Uh, That's not breaking news. That's just a fact. I would tell you that, you know, they're coming off a tie of Washington, who, by the way, you know, a couple weeks ago did beat the Eagles. So it's not like this is going to be some type of, like, you can walk in a Met life and win by 20 type game. I mean, they play good defense. They blitz the quarterback. They're very aggressive with their defensive unit. They're running the ball a lot better, maybe not so recently, but overall for the season. Uh, they're very weak at wide receiver, but Daniel Jones has played, you know, admirable this year. Their coaching staff has been incredible. They're going to be prepared. Um, it's going to be a test. And, and here's the thing. It's a division game. It was going to be a test no matter what. You know, people find it funny, but the year, think about this. The year we won the Super Bowl, the Giants, I think, won two games that season. But each game against the Eagles came down to the final play. We won the Super Bowl. You know, like, we were the best team in the NFL against one of the worst teams in the NFL. And each game came down to the final play. Got to be prepared. This is going to be a fight. It is. And uh, these are the tests you need going into the playoffs. And this is going to be one for sure. Last year in this stadium, it could be noted that Jalen Hurts played his, probably his worst game as uh, as a professional. He turned the ball over three times via the interceptions, which is something you know he just doesn't do. Um, This was also a famous game for the fact that Jalen Rager dropped two potentially game-winning touchdowns. One, maybe the first one that could have won the game. New York would have got the ball with some time left. But the second one for sure would have won the game. And we replaced him with A.J. Brown. So it's going to be a little bit of a different story on what we present on offense. Uh, but again, no uh, no Dallas Goddard this week. He'll be back next week. But in regards to injuries, Avante Maddox, his roommate, right? His old roommate, at least. Uh, Avante Maddox... I guess because they both bought houses now because they got paid. Uh, Avante Maddox looks like he is going to be probably back for this game. He's been practicing this week. He was activated into the 21-day window. My guess is we're going to see Maddox back and playing because Andre Chachere was cut this week. He was re-signed to the practice squad. But he was signed in place of essentially Avante Maddox when he got hurt. Uh, I think he got called in or signed when Jordan Davis got hurt. But essentially what happened was Shash Ray took over as the extra defensive back when Maddox was out. Now, Robert Quinn went to IR, and that's notable. I mean, here's the thing. The Eagles traded a fourth-round pick for Robert Quinn. Have they got any return on that investment yet? None yet. The problem is Robert Quinn's been hurt, and that's unfortunate. But here's the thing. Ideally, yes. 
Robert Quinn helping us win games in the regular season would be fantastic, and I, and that's what you want. But we're really asking Robert Quinn to just play for the playoffs. That's what we're going to need Robert Quinn for. And it's funny because Ryan Kerrigan last year did absolutely nothing for the whole season. Now, he wasn't hurt, but he did nothing for the whole season except in that playoff game against Tampa Bay where he was actually really good in that game, which is funny, you know, because everybody, you know, laughed at the idea of Robert Quinn and or Ryan Kerrigan, but it turned out that he actually played a fantastic game against Tampa Bay, his best game as an Eagle. But we want Robert Quinn for the playoffs. That's what this is for. We're, we're, we didn't trade a fourth-round pick to the Bears to you know win regular season. It'll help, sure, We in case there was an injury, for sure. But we played uh, traded that so we can win a Super Bowl. And Quinn's clearly been dealing with back injuries, knee injuries. He's just banged up. He doesn't have the bend that he normally has. So let him heal up. You know, let him heal up. And here's the good thing about this. He's on IR. He can't come back till the last game of the season. Fingers crossed for the Philadelphia Eagles that we take care of business here and that last game of the year doesn't really matter. Kind of like last year's last game of the game year didn't really matter. But this time we'll hopefully have a bye locked in and everything like that. And Quinn can essentially get two extra more weeks of rest and won't have to play until, you know, the divisional round game. Taking his place will be Janarius Robinson. He's the guy we signed from Minnesota earlier this year. Uh, so, you know, Teron Jackson didn't get the call, but he's on the practice squad, but they brought Robinson back. Uh, my guess is he, he'll be more or less uh, more or less inactive for games, unless there's an injury, but uh, that's kind of really what's going on with the roster moves, with the injuries. The other two injuries to note are Kaiser White and... Um, Kaiser White was limited in practice, and uh, let's see here. Oh, Quez Watkins. Yeah, what is AC joint? So Quez Watkins, Kaiser White, and Sean Bradley did not practice. So Sean Bradley looks like he's not going to play. My guess is Christian Ellis is called up from the practice squad again. Christian Ellis should have been called up from the practice squad anyway because uh, that dude was electric in terms of helping us on special teams. But he'll be up. Um... And, you know, the one that monitors Quez Watkins because, you know, it's an AC joint. Doesn't look like he's going to miss a game, but clearly he's going to be dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue. And it's definitely something the Eagles are going to have to monitor. Now, luckily for them, they've been relatively healthy at wide receiver. Knock on wood, we stay that way. We got a guy like Zach Paschal hanging out there. You know, you got even Britton Covey, who could play slot. Um... But the thing that kind of stinks about this is with an injury like this is Dallas Goddard is still out. So, you, you know, if Dallas Goddard's healthy, it's one thing because he is essentially like a third wide receiver. But without Goddard, you don't want to be down any other targets because uh, at least these guys could kind of make up for what we're missing with Dallas Goddard, especially Quez, who has done that these last couple of weeks. He's been obviously a bigger part of this offense. Um or it's just something to keep an eye on because if he doesn't play, that that to me is a little bit of a bigger deal. Now, in regards to what this game is possibly going to look like, uh, just a heads up, it might rain. I know, spoiler. Northeast Pennsylvania getting some more rain. Well, Pennsylvania, northeast part of the country getting some more rain, Pennsylvania included. Um, sucks. I hate rain games. I'm hopeful that this rain ain't going to come till maybe later in the game. But it could be there for the beginning. Who knows? The weather report right now states like it looks like the beginning of the game should be rather clear in terms of just no rain. But 
that could switch on the, you know, drop of a hat. So my guess is we're going to be dealing with some rain. And if you saw this week, there was a, a video of Aaron Moorhead spraying a ball as it was being thrown to a wide receiver. Well, they're doing that because, hey, the, the balls are probably going to be a little wet. Something to get used to is like seeing some water possibly come down. You're going to have to make some catches in the rain. Now, the good thing for the Eagles is we did play a rain game this year against Jacksonville. And that wasn't just a rain game. It was a torrential downpour. <laughs> uh, so at least Hertz has had experience you know, this season throwing a wet ball. Um, but just something to keep an eye on. Now, uh, in terms of other news with this team. So let's see here. Went over the injuries. We went over the return of possibly Avante Maddox. But there was another thing that came up this week, and I don't really want to talk about it much, but we're talking about Quez Watkins getting possibly injured. Well, the name that, you know, <laughs> so Mike Florio, he's pro football talk. He likes to just throw some names out there, and he just threw the Eagles name into the Odell Beckham thing. And generally, when you see something like that, you think he must have a source, because he should for just widely speculating like that my guess is this though he doesn't have anything maybe the eagles in the past were interested in a guy like odell beckham i'm sure they were at one point odell beckham was a serious player in the nfl like he was legit he really was he was an incredible player but odell beckham is coming off two major knee injuries uh (laughs) he worked out for the cowboys this week he also worked out for buffalo and new york and, or didn't I, you know, I take that word back, not worked out, visited Buffalo, New York, and Dallas. Nothing came out from Buffalo and New York, but hey, Jerry let it out that, you know, they didn't sign him. He was there on Monday, they didn't sign him. They feel like he's not ready to play. His knee's a little bit more banged up than what's being let on to. But so right there, that should tell you this. Dallas wanted more than anything to sign him. They've been openly flirting with Odell Beckham via Twitter, players, everything for it seems like a couple weeks now. He's in the building there. He walked out without a deal. That's all you got to know. I mean, really, I don't know what else is to this story. The Cowboys wanted him. They did not sign him. They let this guy come visit and leave. Let's not think in our head any more than what this already is. It's telling you that this is what it is. Odell Beckham is clearly not ready to play football. And even if Odell Beckham was ready to play football, why would the Eagles be interested right now in Odell Beckham? I get it. You're only as good as your backups. I understand that point of it. But this guy is... It's drama. It could be unintentional. You could come in and want to be a really good team, but I'm not saying that's not possible either. The Eagles have done this right now with, with signing, you know, veteran players, you know, who obviously are maybe not in their prime anymore, but, you know, they were big names. And Damakun Sue, you know what I mean? Like, look at Robert Quinn you have here. You, you brought in Linval Joseph. You know, it's, it's, so it's worked out. But, you know, I just look at it like it's not an area of need. And to me, it would not be something that I would do. Simply because I like the chemistry on this team. I like the wide receiver room. I just think a big personality like... And again, I don't know. Maybe Odell Beckham would work out wonderfully. But to me, no. And again, I'm saying no 
based off of the wide receiver. It's a no anyway. He's clearly not ready to play. And if he's not going to be ready to play till January, you're going to insert him in a playoff game. To me, that's just wild. If you're a team that got to the playoffs, you ride with who brought you. I mean, we're the same team that, what was it, in 2019. Who started at wide receiver for the Eagles in that game? Go back and think. You know, like, it, it, whatever you would need. It was what? Deontay Burnett, Rob Davis, Greg Ward? Yeah. I <laughs> this is obviously not a situation where we're looking at it like that. Here's another thing. The Giants. Think about what the Giants have at wide receiver right now. Like, they're in it to make the playoffs here. Odell Beckham was in their building before. They're not bringing him in. But the Eagles are going to do it. We're going to take the chance. And he also wants a multi-year deal. This isn't like a veteran minimum deal or something like that where you're like, hey, it's minimal risk. If it don't work, you just cut him. No, he wants like a multi-year deal, and I don't blame him. He should. So yeah, no, pass. We're not going to spend any of our free agent money on a guy who, best case scenario, is playing for you mid-January. It's just not worth it. So it was fun for them to speculate, but that's over. I'm going to pause here for a brief moment. When I come back, you know, we're going to talk about, go around the NFL. Talk about the MVP award. You know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit, some funny, you know, some fun stuff that's going around the NFL But before I do, I do have a brief word here from Anchor. The MVP award has been talked about a lot this week. And I understand why, because the Eagles quarterback is clearly involved heavily in this race, as he should be. Uh, In my opinion, he is the MVP. I'm just going to get that out there right now. I don't think there's been a more valuable player in the NFL this year than Jalen Hurts. Um, So let's see here. Let's see what the odds are right now, because this should tell you who, um, let's check here, all sports, if they even have it up right now, they probably don't, of course they don't, that would only be, you know, entertainment, but, uh, I I believe the favorite was Mahomes, second was Hurts, third might have been Burrow, fourth was Allen, fifth Tua, again, Tyreek Hill in there as well. It shouldn't be just a quarterback alone um, only award. I hate that more than anything. But again, at the same time, it's the most important position. So I do understand it. But uh, the arguments being made for this, and this is what I heard from people this week, arguing that Patrick Mahomes should be the MVP. Now here's their argument. Uh, if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Eagles, what's their record? I mean, we're not going to be liars here. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is as good as a quarterback as there is, possibly ever, at the position. The Eagles are not falling off a cliff with Patrick Mahomes, clearly. Are they 11-1? Maybe. Are they 12-0? Maybe. I don't think so, because that Washington game, I mean, I thought Hurts played actually really well in that game. It was just everybody around him, and their defense included, failed. All right, but whatever. Are they 10-2? Maybe. Maybe they don't win that Colts game. You know, I'm not sitting here saying Mahomes doesn't come up big because Mahomes has come up big many a time. But, um, and the argument was, well, if you put Hurts on the Chiefs, what's their record? It's like, well, the offense, the scheme, like, you know what I mean? You got to think about stuff like that too. And then it's like, are you going to give Hurts the uh, MVP award because you're just safely assuming, well, Mahomes is going to win his fair share of them, which is what they used to do to Michael Jordan with the MVP award, which is true. Michael Jordan would be, obviously, was 
far and away the best basketball player on the planet when he played every single year. Nobody could touch him in terms of a player, and he should have won the MVP award every single year because he was the most valuable player. But, like, is the year they give it to Malone because Malone had such a great year. They felt like they needed to reward somebody else, give somebody else theirs. I mean, I get that to an extent. That's how you make the league better, but really, I mean, anybody who watched basketball at that time knew that Michael Jordan was the best player and he should have been winning the MVP because his team was the best team too as well. That's my thing here. The Chiefs are close. You know what I mean? It's not like the Chiefs are, you know, a four-loss team. They have two losses, or three losses. So it's close enough. But I think if the Eagles go... 16 and 1. If they're 15 and 1 and then bench their starters, let's just say. So that means they they run the table here. They beat New York, they beat Chicago, they beat Dallas, they beat the Saints. And they're 16 and 1 and lock everything up. Or 15 and 1. And then regardless of what happens like Hurts is the MVP at that point. He is 100%. They've won the NFL by so many number like, you know what I mean? To have the best record by multiple games, that would do it for sure. And it would be earned. It wouldn't be them just saying, ah, Mahomes is going to get his, let's just give it to Hurts. No. I mean, you could, that's the argument with Burrow, but they have four losses. And you have to, and again, I get it, it's a team sport. It's not just a quarterback-only sport. Like, let's not be fools here. But um, that's kind of what the argument is for MVP. That's why right now, if you asked me to order it, I would have Hurts is one, Mahomes is two, and I would put two or three. With Tyree Kill right there with them. Like, you could split hairs because that team is so good. And I know they just got beat by San Francisco. It was a bad day for them. But, that, I mean, really, like, you could actually put Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, obviously, Tyree Kill, you know, two attack. But you could put a bunch of guys in this thing. But in all honesty, right now, it's a two-man race. It's down to Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. And that's what I think of that award. Now, in terms of... Um, let's see here. The, the best wide receiver in the NFL was another discussion. Is it Justin Jefferson? I would tell you this. I think right now in the NFL, the guy having the best season at wide receiver has been probably Tyreek Hill. I mean, he, he's helped Miami turn their whole thing around. I mean, obviously, though, the the Vikings are 10-2. and two. You tell me Justin Jefferson, you're not wrong. That guy is incredible. I mean, that game against Buffalo, he was on another level. Stephon Diggs could be in that argument. A.J. Brown should be in that argument. C.D. Lamb has had an incredible season. Um, there's a lot of... Devontae Adams is having a great year. You're not hearing about it much, but he's having a great year, and the Raiders are starting to play good. Like, the, the, these arguments for best, it's so hard because it's all scheme-driven. You know what I mean? Like numbers, people just look at numbers. They don't watch games, and, and I get it. Who's going to watch? You don't, Can you sit back and tell me somebody, if it's not their full-time job, a fan that could just watch 32 NFL games, or 32, 16 NFL games a week? They can't. Nobody has the time to do that. I understand it. I watch the Eagles, obviously. I mean, I, I try my best. I watch the Thursday night games. I watch games after the Eagles. Like So I see all these teams play, clearly. But, I mean, I don't get to see week in and week out, week in and week out what they do. So when these best conversations come up, I tend to just, and again, they're so stupid. Because, again, they don't mean anything. You know what the best is? The Super Bowl determines who the best team in the NFL is. It plays out. You know, this isn't college football. It's not pro wrestling. They don't pick their uh, champions here. 
You know, college football just did their playoff pick. You know, it's it's crazy to me how they do it. Like, for instance, just imagine this in pro football. Let's say right now, what would be your final four for the NFL? Like right now at this point, if you were to say this was the end of it, we're doing a ranking system, who are your final four in the NFL? Now, are you doing it based off record? Or are you doing it based off of who you think are the best four teams? And it's interesting. You know, I mean, people hear this and they think, ah, yeah, okay. No, who are your front four? And I'm just, again, I don't have this planned. I'm going off the top of my head here. Let's figure out who the, the front four would be. Well, spoiler, we all know who number one is. It's obviously the Eagles. They would be the ranked, the number one ranked team in the NFL. I think that would go by every metric. So the Eagles are in, right? Who are the other teams? It's Minnesota in the front four. Because now we're going to get into a really big thing here. Like, it, you'd have Buffalo, right? Okay. They beat Kansas City, so Buffalo would get in. My guess would be those would be your top two. It would be Philadelphia. And is it Buffalo? But how can you say Buffalo when Minnesota went to Buffalo and won? Because I know for a fact, if we did a front four, people would be arguing that Minnesota shouldn't be in it. That's the truth. It's 100%. They've won how many games? Every game they win is a close game. They win. So they get penalized for winning because they're not winning in, you know, blowout fashion. But they're winning. They're 10-2. and They went to Buffalo and won. Like, I bet you if you polled people, the top four teams they would tell you are Philadelphia, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Dallas. But you're going to tell me you think those are the four best teams, but you're going to put Buffalo in there, or Buffalo, you're going to put Minnesota in over Dallas because they have a better record, even though Dallas destroyed Minnesota, right? And that's the thing in the NFL. It's not like college football. All these teams generally end up, there's a connection where they played each other, some type of thing. It's, it's really hard to not have some connections. But you couldn't do a front four ranking right now. You couldn't do it fairly. You, you would be screwing somebody unjustly. Like, Dallas waxed Minnesota. Philadelphia waxed Minnesota. Minnesota walked into Buffalo and won. Right? So, okay, in that situation, is Buffalo out? Well, okay, Kansas City's in. Well, Buffalo went to Kansas City and beat Kansas City. You know? What about San Francisco? Oh, well, their quarterbacks are, so we could just take them out. Kind of like they did Tennessee. What about Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati had a tough start to the year. Well, now they just beat Kansas City. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, think about that. Think what if you had to do a front four ranking for the NFL. For me, I would just say, what's your record? It's crazy, isn't it? I think that's the, it's it's too hard. I mean, the argument here would be 9-3 Buffalo, 9-3 Kansas City, 9-3 Dallas. None of them have played except Buffalo and Kansas City. Who are the two of those three teams you would take? That's so hard, isn't it? Like college football did this for how many years? It, but they were actually doing just two teams at once. And there's people out there who didn't want a college football playoff. And I go, just do that in your head. The front, four, let, We're stopping the season right now. It's going to be the front four in the NFL are going to a semifinal. 
you would be like, what? Or we're taking the chance away from this team who's playing. Like, yes, yes, that's what you would be doing. That's why it's so stupid to think it would ever work when they did it. And again, they made it a big deal when they expanded it from two to four. They called it a playoff then. It's like, yeah, it's it's a playoff in the weakest sense of the word. It's just wild when you really go back and think about a front four for the NFL. My goodness. How stupid that would be. Thank goodness it's played out. In fact, the NFL playoffs have 14 of the 32 teams in the playoff. It's still going to be more than what the college football playoff has. They have over 100 D1 teams. 12. But at the same time, at the very least, they want their regular season to matter immensely. It will matter immensely, like we said. Games will matter for a bunch more teams. Like I said, that championship Saturday and Friday for Utah, TCU, or Utah, I'm sorry, Kansas State, LSU, that those games would have been like so massive and meaningful because <laughs> they'd be playing to get into a playoff, even though they all had three losses. NFL does it right. It's played out on Sundays. And that's what them adding two teams. Hence making this buy even more so important. See, like, that's the thing. College football is still going to reward you for being one of the four best teams. You have to win your conference, by the way, now to be getting a buy, which is what it should have always been anyway. If you're going to do a four-picking team playoff, it should have been a, you, you know what I mean? You should have had to win your conference because, really, let's, let's think about it. In a four-team thing right now, if you had to tell me who are the four best college football teams, even if you think Alabama's having a down year and they haven't beaten anybody, whatever, you would still no doubt take them to beat TCU and probably right now Ohio State after what they did against Michigan. Right? So it's like, and again, that could be wrong. You know what I mean? Like, just because you think that would happen, they, oh, they would beat TCU. Well, we don't have any evidence of that. TCU might dust Alabama. Ohio State might dust Alabama. It's just, I, I always hated this for this reason alone. But pro football, at least it plays out on the field. And like I said, the Eagles are marching towards the first round bye. And this game on Sunday is going to matter a lot. Obviously, it's, it's of crucial importance. They need to continue what they did against Tennessee in terms of stopping the run. And Jordan Davis played six snaps. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't like Jordan Davis showed back up, and that's why they stopped Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry didn't break a tackle for the first time in a game since 2019. N'Kobe Dean was incredible in that game, by the way. I went back and watched his snaps. His run instincts are so damn good. Like, I have complained all year about TJ Edwards and Kaiser White's run instincts. Like, I didn't feel like they were filling gaps. But these guys, like, this guy has run instincts. Like, he is, I'm going to get into the hole and pop somebody instincts. And I'm like, please, I just want N'Kobe Dean to play. I am not campaigning that Kaiser White or TJ Edwards be benched. No, I think Edwards and White have been great this year. This is not a slight to them. I just think Dean is a special player, too. And I think that they should be rotating. There should be a, we should have our linebackers rotating. They're, they're so good. It'd be foolish. It's, it's so stupid to, to just leave a really good player on the bench not playing. I hate it. Dean is going to be an impact player in the NFL. I have that no doubts in my mind. He is going to be the leader of this defense eventually. I have no doubts in my mind in that as well. His play dictates it. His attitude and his play are both incredible. Revenge game this week, though, is for James Bradbury. He'll be amped. Kai is awesome. He is an awesome player. I mean, really, I, I 
James Brad, he's so good. You're going to tell me this guy is not going to be like here for some revenge? Because And my guess is, watch, Bradbury get an interception. This is a James Bradbury interception game. Because they're going to throw at him. So that this is a James Bradbury gets an interception game. My prediction for this game? The weather sucks. So let's just say the first half is clear. The Eagles are going to win the game. They're just a better team. That's it. They're the best team in the NFL. I think the Eagles can win this game by 15-plus. Giants are coming off a tie. Obviously, that's not ideal. But th- th- this is a very, very big game for the Eagles. Because you need division re- wins, obviously, for any type of tiebreaker, things like that. You know, and hey, the, they're, the Vikings and the Cowboys are giving them no room to breathe. Eagles Let's say Eagles 27 Giants 10 Let's just hope Jonathan Gannon stays with it, right? Let's just hope, you know, he he continues his stunts. Don't be afraid to blitz Daniel Jones. I mean, he should definitely not be afraid to leave these guys one-on-one. Clearly, their wide receivers are not their strength, Richie James. Like, these aren't guys that should you instill fear in your corners. They should be able to match up, and especially if Avante Maddox is back. I would love to see this defense get more aggressive because Daniel Jones can beat you with his legs. The Eagles have had trouble with him running the football, right? The famous play of him tripping the fall, and yeah, he ran for 90 yards on that play. How do you uh, immobilize the quarterback? You give him no room to run. Don't be afraid to do it. And that's the thing with Gannon. Whenever he has a good game, he usually falls back into his old ways. So fingers crossed he's learned his lesson. Take care of business. we got a big part of our defense hopefully coming back. And the Eagles should be able to win this game and hope the weather isn't a major part. I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always... Go Eagles, go.